1: Guys, this is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesley, joined by my co host today, Joey Ikes. We're working off a big win against the New York Giants in week 10, and we head to Carolina this week to play the Carolina Panthers, who are having a rough start to their season with the Bryce Young era uh, not going the way as planned in year one. Um, so not a ton to really get excited about this week either. We're going to briefly touch on the Giants game, briefly get into the Carolina game. Um, but we had some news come out today. Uh, sounds like Leighton Van Esch, Um, Esch. Well, I shouldn't say it sounds like it. They, they announced that Leighton Van Esch's season is done. Um, and they kind of mentioned that the career is in question at this point. Wanted to start there. Um, we haven't heard about or from Leighton in a couple weeks. So it's been kind of a... Wait and see approach, but they did come out today and announced that he would not be returning this season, and the outlook on his career is kind of uncertain right now. So, want to start there with you, Joey. What are what are your thoughts on the Leighton Vanderesh news and kind of where where we're at with those right now?
0: It's super unfortunate with Leighton, where. You know he's a guy who came into the league had dealt with some injuries and and you almost saw like you saw at the beginning of his career this like this huge upside massive like splash as he came into the league and as the injuries sort of piled up on him and it almost stole a lot of that from him it seemed like and he he was still a, a he has still been where you know I don't want to make it a, a Leighton Vanderess you know post mortem at the end of his career because we don't know. <laughs> Uh, anything there but it's tough to see him have another injury to the same area of his body that happens to be like a really sensitive and important and vital and all like not the kind of area that you want to mess with in terms of getting banged up a bunch there Um, and it's it's just unfortunate for him he's been playing really well the last couple of years he was a really important part of this defense the last couple of years and now this is two years in a row with a neck injury. This one's going to keep him out the rest of the year. And, uh, and it's just, it's a tough spot for Layton. And I, I, I hate to see it. And, you know, the, the things that you hear about what, what's going on there is uh it's scary. And, and, you know, anytime you get a neck injury is scary. And, and it seems like m- maybe he's just not recovering from this one, quite the same way he did the one last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, you kind of hinted at it, but uh you know, the fact that it is, you know a neck injury it's just that's not really one you want to play around with you know rush back from try to work through um you know it's not like it's a hamstring or a back or a groin like that's something that if you just you don't handle it the right way and rehab it the right way and get it back to normal you can get into a really scary situation and scenario with it so um you know it just it, it sounds like that you know whether it's the end of i mean you hate to say it so subtle like that, but if this is the end of Leighton Van Der Esch's career, like nobody should have anything negative to say. Like it's it's not you know, I know coming out of Boise State he did have, he was flagged by some teams for the neck you know, issues and he's had neck injuries. But I mean Leighton Van Der Esch has played what are we six year five years, six years into Leighton Van Der Esch's career. So he's you know, he's played five or six years and, you know, he's stayed relatively healthy i think you could say you know he hasn't had like the season ending injury that that took him out and he wasn't able to play a whole year so um you know if if this is the you hate to say that because like i said you don't want to get too morbid with it but if this is the end of Leighton van der Esch's, you know cowboys career nfl career like i feel like he had a, a pretty solid career and you know didn't go as long as we think it would have but um like I said, I just wish him the best health. Really, at this point, you know it's just a serious body, body part, a serious injury that you you know you don't want to risk going back out there having another one. And at that point, you're dealing with stuff a lot more serious than whether he's going to be able to play on on game days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know this was this was the sixth year of his career. Uh, the only two years he played the full number of games was 2018, his rookie year, and then 2021, he played 17 games. Um, but played 71 games in his career, started 65. Right. Like, uh, just a, a really good player for several years that you know wound up in three different contracts for the Cowboys, which is uh, something for a guy who was drafted in the first round and only played six years to have three contracts. But, you know, vested veteran, going to have the NFL pension, all the benefits, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully for him – they, him and his family and everybody involved make a good decision about the future of his, you know, career uh, and, uh, and whatever decision they make, you know, we wish him the best of luck and more than that, the best of health.
1: So let's talk about, you know, without Lake Mandarash coming back, you know, we obviously Marquise Bell, obviously Damone Clark. Oh, we saw a little bit more from Rashawn Evans last week, who I thought looked pretty good in the limited reps he got. So how do we feel about the linebacker position moving forward? Um, you know, with, with Van Der Esch not expected to return this year, um, do we have that position highlighted as a area of concern? I mean, I felt like it was a couple of weeks ago, but I think as just that position works, after, you know, once you get into a rhythm of things and you get guys kind of getting in, you, it's just. It's one of those. I hate to say it, but one of the least valuable positions on the field. If you got guys around, you know that position playing well. So, I feel like we've kind of gotten past that. You know, worry with that position just because if you have somebody who's a capable NFL starter and a little bit of depth there, you can kind of get through games and and do pretty good there without having you know a highly paid or a big name guy uh, playing the linebacker position.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right in that. You know, one of the conversations that we'll wind up having relatively soon, if not today, is the defensive tackle group on this team is playing really well. You know, that first-round pick that they spent on a defensive tackle played his best game of his career so far this last week. And he's trending in the right direction. Jonathan Hankins is playing really well. And when you get good interior defensive line play, it makes life easier on linebackers, which is the reason why – just like when you get really good offensive line play, it makes life easy on running backs. It's the same thing. And so they've been able to get by with Damone Clark and Marquise Bell playing really well and, you know, got some got some snaps from Rashawn Evans this week. And, and I think that's going to kind of be the plan as they go and the, as they continue. And, you know, luckily <clears throat> there aren't that many teams in the league that want to line up and get you in base defense and and run the ball at you. Um, but you know, it just so happens that two of the teams that kind of like to do that kind of stuff happen to be kind of the boogeymen in the in the conference that you've got to get through to get to uh, to get to where you want to go this year. So we'll see how it plays out. But so far, so good on that front with the uh, with the
1: lineback with the young linebackers getting a lot of work. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like I said, Marquise Bell and and Damone Clark, I think have have improved each week and in. in- taking the strides that we were kind of hoping we'd see them take when Vander Esch went initially went out with the injury. And then I, mean, I think with, with Rashawn Evans, you kind of, you know, outside of the special teams penalty that happened in, I want to say that was a Philadelphia game that kind of cost them some, some important field position. You know, I think he's been okay in the, the reps that he's played. And I thought last week was his best week and he'll probably, I would expect him to probably get signed to the active roster. You know, he's, he kind of met his, uh, he met his quota for practice squad call up, so he's either going to have to sign with the team or you know be re- be released. At this point, he can't be called up anymore. So um, I would expect him to probably sign. It, it, it. I don't. I mean, they can't really go with less linebackers on the roster unless they have somebody else out there on a practice squad that they could go sign and then call up for three games and just keep cycling it through that way. But do you kind of expect? Rashawn Evans to get a, a signed to the active roster this this week at some point. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's there's always guys did, on the. Did uh, LV did Vanderish get put on IR?
0: Um, I believe he was on IR initially because he would be basically ready to come. Like, if he was going to be on for four weeks he'd be, like, eligible to come back now. I think. Right. I just cu- so I think that's where the questions placed... and stuff like that started to come from.
1: Yeah, I just couldn't remember if they ever actually placed him on IR, if he was just still – I haven't seen him on the inactive list the last few weeks. So I feel like he was. I mean, that's just bad on my part for not checking that before. But um I'm pretty sure he was on IR. So, like, that spot has been, you know, he the, the – it's not like they have a rot they're they're gonna place him on IR and have a roster spot to to call up. So there's gonna have to be a move made there somewhere. Um I mean, we can touch on that real quick. Where where could we see that move being made if if they do have to make one to get Evans onto the roster? Yeah, I mean there there's always those guys at the bottom of the roster uh that, It's kinda crazy because they don't really have that guy this year.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of hard because they have they have churned through several of those guys already, you know, because of injury and things like that. But like, you could see Tyrus Wheat getting cut and put on a practice squad, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, you could see Tyrus Wheat. You could see, you know, I know I think Sean McEwen's been through all of his um, activations, but you know, you could see some of those guys. You could see. I mean, is is Malik there's just, not
1: many of them this year. I feel like I feel like, like years past. There used to be a like you had six names you could cycle through and be like, yeah, we could cut that guy and give this guy a spot. And I think that just speaks to the depth of this team this
0: year. Oh yeah, for sure. There's not there's not five or six of those guys, but it's you know there's a guy or two that you could uh, that you could say, oh yeah, we're gonna let this guy go. We'll bring him back on the practice squad. Uh, and I Matt, mean, I'd okay. be
1: surprised if they did, but like just because it happened today, Kelvin Joseph was released, like Noah Bonogony could be a guy that they end up going, Hey, you no, know, it hasn't really panned out there. Um, we, yeah, think especially
0: now because you know, Nishan Wright's back now. Izzy McQuamu kind of
1: got some run last week, it, exactly. Yeah, they could
0: go, they could go at the DB room if they didn't want to let Tyrus Wheat go because he's been playing on special teams, he's been active and on teams and things like that. So um, it, it'll it'll be interesting for sure to see what direction they go with that because this is not a team with six guys at the bottom of the roster that you could churn for any other any practice squad guy across the league
1: yeah no absolutely um sorry that's enough time spent on the linebacker position like i said we wish late and as well hope he's healthy and you know whether it's football related or not you know we're healthy and, and good to go you know for his, whatever he's got coming up in his future um Let's spend a couple minutes. You know, obviously, I don't even want to touch on the Giants game a whole lot. Like I said, it was we kind of previewed it before the the week, and we thought it was going to be a big big outing for the Cowboys, and it was. You know, Brandon Cooks got going. I think that was really good to see. Um, we know that this do- defense dominates. You know, the the weaker opponents on offense. Um, we we expected that to happen. Um, it was just another huge day from the quarterback. The wide receiver won. Um, you know, Rico Dowdle got a little bit more run. That was good to see. So, like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this Giants game. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the Carolina game. But let's dive into it real quick. Um Some of those same things we said for the Giants game, I feel like it's going to be similar for the Panthers game coming up this weekend. Um I think the Panthers' defense is a little bit better than the Giants' defense. Not by much. Um, but I think it will present some challenges. You know, they they like the Giants have, you know, some interior defense linemen who are good players. Um, I saw where JC Horn was kind of working back into the fold. I don't know if he's gonna be active this week, but uh they you know, they'll they'll have some players on defense that they can make some plays. But I think this is another week where the Cowboys should win pretty big and it should be a pretty easy win, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Dak Prescott doesn't play much until the fourth quarter, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this game, and if you had anything you want to touch on on the Carolina game before we move on to our next topic of conversation.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of these games now where you're going to wind up in some situations where some offenses are just flat overmatched when they play the Cowboys. And it's it's been nice this year to see the Cowboys defense actually play like they are – a mismatch for most of the overmatched teams that they play. And, you know, we they played against Arizona, and we went into that game thinking that Arizona was one of those games. And it turns out the Cardinals have not won a lot of games, but they've been a scrappy team. And Josh Dobbs was a scrappy quarterback who has continued to play like a pretty – like Josh Dobbs has become this year one of my favorite players in the league just because of the story and, you know, all the movement. And he just shows up and just plays football, man. And so much about his game translates from offense to offense to offense, and it's just been awesome to watch. And so you look back on that Cardinals game and go, should you have lost to the Cardinals? No. The offense should have done enough to beat that team. But they're not as bad of a football team as, you know, as we went into the season thinking they might be. Uh, They're well coached. The quarterback played relatively well. Etc. Other than that game, in games the the defense should be dominant. They've been dominant. Now that doesn't mean they will dominate really good teams. We've had this conversation ten times before. We don't have to have it again today. But it makes you relatively confident that when you go into a game like Carolina, you don't have to worry that they're going to make the Carolina offense look like the two thousand Rams offense, right? They're going to go in. They're going to take care of business. They're going to keep them from doing very much offensively until or unless the game is relatively out of hand, and then then they may give up some some scores just because Dan Quinn's going to kind of back off. They're going to change some personnel out, et cetera. So you feel pretty good going in there defensively, and with the way, with the way Jack Prescott's playing – I just there's not very many teams that I worry like okay these, this team is going to stop the Cowboys offensively if Dak Prescott keeps playing the way that he's playing.
1: Yeah, and we'll, we'll you know I want to get into that topic here in a second. Um, I, I'm really interested to see, like I said, like the 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 Panthers offense has been a disaster this year. Um, you know, we're obviously we just play the Giants who have been a disaster offensively as well, but. It's 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 one of those you know. I want to want to bring this up briefly before we get into this. But for everyone who wants to move on from Dak Prescott, I know that that com- topic of conversation has definitely stalled out a lot over this last month or so. But there's a lot of people who want to you know move on, move forward without Dak and draft a guy. The number one overall pick this year is playing like the worst quarterback in the NFL. And it's his rookie year. I get it. He doesn't have a great offensive line. Doesn't have a lot of weapons. The, the, the team as a whole right now is struggling. But I want everyone who is, you know, frustrated or doesn't think Dak can win the big, big game or whatever that is that, that people want to bring up. There's a the quarterback in Carolina right now who a lot of people called generational before the, this, this draft, and they can't win, they not only can't win the big game, they can't win many games, if any games. So (laughs) I think it's very important for people who don't appreciate what they have in their quarterback to understand that you can get much worse and you can get much worse while giving up a lot to move up to get much worse. And you can really, really, really not feel great about the moves that you want to make once they're made. And, you know, again, like – Carolina obviously didn't have a franchise quarterback, you know, these last couple of years and they they were in a spot where they needed to do something like this. But I just think it's, I always think it's very funny how Dallas fans are, you know, so aggressive about the move on from Dak takes. And then you see the, you know, obviously the CJ Strouds of the world right now, or a lot of people are probably going, well, look at CJ Stroud, which is great. Like I said, CJ Stroud's playing really well. He's, you know, he's playing top 10 level quarterback, but there's a lot more cases of the Bryce Youngs and all these other highly drafted quarterbacks who can't make it through the rookie contracts. And I mean, again, just look around the league at Kenny Pickett's and all those types of guys who've been drafted in the, the top 10, 15 picks here recently who are talked about getting moved on from and the Zach Wilson's. I mean, again, there's, there's a Justin Fields. There's a ton of them right now who are just really not, panning out and teams are really in a tough spot with what they're going to do with the quarterback position next. So Cowboys fans be thankful, but uh, let's get into our next topic of conversation kind of living off that. And that is the MVP conversation and Dak Prescott. Um, We've had this conversation a few times in Dak Prescott's career, um, two or three, if you kind of look at it a certain way, but I think the steam of Dak Prescott working his way into the MVP conversation is probably at the peak that we've seen since he came into the league in 2016.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Dak Prescott is playing phenomenal football right now, and there, there's all these people talking. You know, you brought up CJ Stroud, right? The Cowboys should just let Dak Prescott go and go draft, go draft the quarterback. See, see what happens when you can draft DJ Stroud and put him in your offense. How good you can be. CJ Stroud is not playing as well as Dak Prescott is playing right now. Period. He's just not. There's. There is not a quarterback in the NFL right now playing as well as Dak Prescott is playing. Patrick Mahomes is not playing better than Dak Prescott right now. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is and for his career has been or will be a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is not outplaying Dak Prescott right now. Josh Allen is not outplaying Dak Prescott right now. They are their Their numbers are still shockingly similar. Josh Allen and Dak Prescott and this year Josh Allen just continues to throw the interceptions and Dak has you know brought his turnover worthy play weight way down and and also gotten better luck on those which you know imagine that you give a guy weapons to throw to and all of a sudden he doesn't balls don't clank up in the air and get intercepted but (laughs) Jalen Hurts not playing better football than Dak Prescott right now Uh, Jared Goff not playing better Justin Herbert not playing better Lamar Jackson not playing better. There is not a quarterback in the NFL over the last three or four weeks who is playing better than Dak Prescott. There just is is not. You know, we we talk about the San Francisco game happened. Nobody out here is trying to say that the San Francisco game didn't happen. But since the San Francisco game, Dak leads the NFL – in just about every quarterback category that there is. We've talked before about prime Pat Mahomes, MVP-level play Pat Mahomes, 0.3 EPA per play. Dak Prescott, since week six, 0.37 EPA per play. Over that four or five-week stretch. Pretty good extremely good the the next closest guy so i'll say it this way over the last four or five weeks six seven eight nine ten the cowboys were on a bye there but over the last five weeks from week six to week ten dak prescott is nearly a point per play better than any other quarterback in the league the next closest quarterback on an epa per play basis Is Jalen Hurts at 0.281? And we just said Dak Prescott is at 0.37. Behind Jalen is Joe Burrow, who's at 0.19. So, other than Jalen Hurts, who gets a huge EPA bump because of all the quarterback sneaks, like when you get convert a first down on fourth down, you get a massive EPA bump because of just because of the nature of. You're, the expected points are not very high on fourth down. When you convert into a new series, that kicks way back up. You get a big bump from there. Other than Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott is nearly two point, or it's nearly two tenths of a point per play better than every other quarterback. That means every five plays, Dak Prescott is getting you an extra point on top of what any other quarterback in the league is getting you. And that's not even to talk about league average, which is, you know, right at about zero. He's playing phenomenal right now. Phenomenal. And they are going to play a stretch. And and we know what the stretch looks like, right? We know what this this stretch coming up after Thanksgiving looks like. You know, they're going to get through Carolina. They're going to get through um, Washington on Thanksgiving. And then, then they have Seattle, which right now is a playoff team. They have Philadelphia, playoff team. Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. And then at Miami in week 16. And then Detroit in week 17. If he rolls through that stretch of games, Playing the way that he has been playing, they're going to win, you know, six of their next eight games or something like that. Or seven of their next, you know, they're going to win a lot of games, basically. They're going to win six of their next seven and probably seven of their last eight because they have Washington the last week. They may be, depending on how the Eagles play the rest of the, the season through their really tough stretch and what happens with San Francisco and, uh, and, And what happens in the North, they may be the number one seed. And if he plays like that the entire back half of the year through that stretch of teams, he not only should, he almost certainly will win the MVP. Just because they play – think about the rest of the season. Thanksgiving, like one game, prime time slot, everybody in the country watches that game, right? Seattle. Thursday night, Philly, Sunday night, at Buffalo. That's a Sunday, 325 Central, 425, prime window game. Christmas Eve, Sunday, prime 325, 425 game at Miami. Saturday night at 815, prime time game against Detroit. He's going to play with the nation's eyes on him the next seven weeks in a row, basically. And if he keeps playing the way he is against these teams in that stretch and the Cowboys win six of those seven games or whatever it is, like they probably should, if he keeps playing that way, it's going to be really hard to say anybody, especially in a league when quarterback play is relatively down across the league and it's a quarterback award. If if Dak keeps playing the way he's playing, he's going to win the MVP. Or he should win the MVP. And if he doesn't, it'll yeah. be a travesty. It'll well, be Tony Romo 2014-level travesty that he doesn't.
1: And that, that's what's going to – I'm glad you clarified that a little bit. Because, again, like, I don't think Dak – and, again, like I'm not saying I agree with this, but I don't think Dak can win MVP if they don't win the division. I, I think that it would be tough for them to give the – fifth or sixth seed wildcard team quarterback, the MVP. And that's, I don't necessarily agree with that because quarterback, we've gone over this for, but wins aren't a quarterback stat. So it should be the team most valuable player doesn't always mean the team that's winning the most games. Um, it's not most valuable roster. It's the most valuable player. Um, and if, if he's a quarterback of a team that doesn't have a running game, his offensive line isn't playing great and, the defense, if they continue the track, they're on, you know, beating up good teams and maybe struggle a little bit against better offenses, then, as you said, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, then he is the most valuable player in the league because he's got a lot of things that, outside of CeeDee Lamb, you know, Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks, he's not getting much help from the running game. He's not getting a great pass protection from the offensive line, and the defense can be a little volatile. So um, there's a lot of things that point to him being – towards you know the the top of the list of MVP which is I think it's gonna have to come down to like you said him winning some of those primetime games and in, in the, the national spotlight media uh window and it's gonna involve I think for them to have to take over the division and win the division which might be the biggest might be the biggest thing that they're that might be the biggest holdup right now I think for them is, is I you know as much as we at the time said, that oh, it's week three, that Arizona loss doesn't mean a lot, man, they feel so much better about being able to dig themselves out of the hole in this division if they were, what? If they were three, a game six. back instead of two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it sounds stupid that, that, you know, it's like, damn, the week three game, you know, really hurting us because it's week three, but it's like with Philadelphia winning as much as they've won, it's, you know, two and a half games back. One and a half games back sounds a lot better than two and a half games back right now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's, it goes back. It, it's also hard to look at this thing and say, okay, if, if it's very clear Dak Prescott is the best quarterback playing by the, by the time we get to, you know, week 16, 17, 18, and they wind up being 14 and three and losing the division by a half game at 14-3. and three. Sure, sure. You know, like – and and they, they beat Philadelphia, and, you know, and so Philly wins the division at – and the thing is, Philly would have to – in that situation, if the Cowboys went out, essentially, unlikely, but if the Cowboys went out, that means that, that automatically the, the, the Eagles at least lose two games because they, they play the Cowboys still. That would mean that the Eagles would have to win every one of Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Seattle. They would have to win all of which, those.
1: Which at that point they, hurts the prior win MVP.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, unless, it's just, uh, unless he just keeps playing kind of shaky football and right. they keep winning in spite of it.
1: But are you, sure, are you sure? Philadelphia Twitter has told me all day that Hertz makes two to three throws a game, like the Brandon Cooks deep crosser that he took while getting hit by a 345-pound uh, Dexter Lawrence. So that's been my mentions all day today on Twitter. Oh, yikes. yikes. <laughs> two to but, three of those a game, baby. I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's one of the throws of the year, and Jalen Hurts makes
0: Jalen Hurts has made 20 of them suckers already this year.
1: The amount um, of times I've had to explain to Eagles fans that throwing a 50-50 go ball to A.J. Brown while getting, getting under pressure is not the same as throwing an opposite hash deep crosser 45 yards down the field while stepping into Dexter Lawrence hitting you is not the same thing and explaining that I, I've wanted to pull my hair out all day.
0: <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't blame you at all, but it's one of those that like it, it's going to be tough for them to win this division. They're going to have to have some things go their way, and they're going to have to play incredibly well the rest of the year. But th- the way the Eagles have been playing, there's no reason why they couldn't win. They couldn't lose two out of their next three, and absolutely, come, and and come to Dallas, you know what they would be, you know, nine and three at that point, and the Cowboys would be nine and three at that point. And essentially you're playing for the division that week. Yeah. You know, like you're playing for the division. All, although the Cowboys then have two tough games following two or three tough games following that. And the Cow the Eagles have the the Seahawks and then the Giants, Cardinals and Giants. So the uh you you've got to get you've got to get past them by and clear of them by week 15 and then not stumble. But it's a lot more difficult than it would have been if they'd have been able to win the other night against Philly but yeah. it's not impossible yet and again if Dak Prescott keeps playing the way that he's playing with the way the Cowboys defense can play can play not has always played but can play right they could beat anybody in the league if that if this offense looks like this and i'll i'll say you know Our our buddy Mike White, not Mike White, the former Cowboys quarterback, but guy on Twitter, Mike White, not to be trite, tweeted something today that has crossed my mind a little bit, is that we remember what this offense looked like with Will Greer at quarterback and Dak Prescott calling plays. It didn't look all that different structurally than what we've seen the last three or four weeks since they came out of their bye week. And it looks a heck of a lot different structurally than it looked the first six weeks of the year with with Mike McCarthy on the the call sheet. So I wonder how much they kind of handed that and said, all right, let's go. And it's been phenomenal. Like the way this offense has played the last three or four weeks, what they did – with Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, like, that's what you envision what they did against the Giants this last week. That's what you envision when you draw this offense up. And if they keep playing like that, if he keeps putting, you know, if they have two wide receivers over 100 yards half the half the year the rest of the year, there's not a quarterback playing better than that right now, period. Now, if Patrick Mahomes turns around and they, he starts playing like a madman again in the second half of the year, he probably wins it just because he's Pat Mahomes, right? Um and they will win their division and all that kind of stuff. But if nothing changes around the league, other than you know the way Dak Prescott is playing keeps going, and the Eagles lose a couple of games that give you a chance to uh, that gives you a chance to get back in the division race, I don't think there's a better candidate right now, based on the last four or five weeks, than Dak Prescott to win the MVP.
1: I don't disagree, especially if you're just looking at, you know, if you're looking at that second half of the year, kind of home stretch. And again, it's got to continue, but definitely if you're looking at the last, you know, four games, there's no question, you know, he's playing better than anyone in the NFL right now. Um, I mean, if you had a quarterback ranking for the last month, Dak Prescott would be at number one, and anybody that would not have him at number one, I think, would be lying to themselves. Um, the yeah, they would be they, putting
0: C.J. Stroud there because they don't believe that Dak Prescott is as good as he's right. played. They'd be putting C.J. Stroud there because, because him playing as well as he's playing as a rookie is extremely impressive. And I don't want to take anything away from C.J. because he's played unbelievable. But absolutely. he hasn't played as good as Dak Prescott has. And yeah. that's uh, that's important to, uh, to make sure that we say.
1: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. Like I said, you know, as you said earlier, the San Francisco game happened. There's no deleting that from memory or history. But if you're telling me that a quarterback can't have one rough game a season and still be the league's most valuable player, you're also lying to yourself. So
0: You've been watching Patrick Mahomes play football for the last five years, and you need to remember what it looks like when human beings play football.
1: Yes, correct. Because, again, we go back through it. There's there's been some rough Patrick Mahomes outings, games too. That you know, again, everybody's every quarterback is due for one, especially when they play good defenses and maybe their their supporting cast doesn't help them out that day. It's always going to happen. So uh, if you're if you're writing your your quarterback off because he had, or you're you're not giving him a chance to to win that award or whatever because of. Um, one rough game, or you know, even two rough games. I'm I'm just telling you that you're you're doing your your guy a disservice. So uh, I'm with you though. Like I said, I think he's a he's got a really good shot. I think it's going to take you know some 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 Philadelphia falters, I guess down the the home stretch. You know, they're probably going to have to drop some games and, and give the Cowboys a shot to take back over the division, um, which I think is is very capable of happening, and it's going to have to you know, continue to to go on the track its own with Dak Prescott playing the level of football he is. But I think all of those things are capable of happening. It's just about, you know, taking care of your business and hoping Philadelphia can slip up on a few games. And they got, you know, tough stretch of games coming up here soon. So if you can win some of these ones and they can lose some ones, you'll 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 be back in that NFC East, you know, champion conversation. And obviously if that happens, the Dak Prescott MVB conversation will be uh, ramping up as well. Absolutely. And uh, we will be back next week to talk a little bit more. Like I said, we got some the, – the annual Thanksgiving game. We got the Seattle game coming up. So some more exciting games to talk about. The Commanders are playing some some relatively good football right now. So I think that game will, will get a little bit more of our attention than these last two. Um, the Seahawks game will be a fun one. And then we get into a really exciting and, and tough stretch of the season that's going to involve some more – Uh, breakdowns of what these teams are going to be going up against, what we should be looking for. So we'll be doing that over the next few weeks. But we'll be back next week to talk about the result of the Carolina game and get you ready for the Thanksgiving game matchup coming up next Thursday. Um, And uh, we'll be back next week to break that all all down and talk more about it. So thank you guys so much for listening. We are Talking the Star. We'll see you guys next week.